0: So, we're in a series called That's What He Said, and we've been looking at words of Jesus over the last six weeks. This is week number seven. And before we jump into today's topic and today's message from uh, the words of Jesus, I want to kind of review where we've been because today's words from Jesus are a little bit different. We're going to take a little different approach from the, the previous six weeks. Uh, so, let me kind of review for us real quick. In the first week, we looked at John chapter 14, verse 6. Which says, uh, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Remember, we said, you don't have to believe that, that's up to you, but that's what Jesus said, and if you want to be a follower of him, then that's what he said. Week number two, we looked at Matthew five forty three to 44, where it says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That was a tough week for a lot of us to hear, that if we want to be true followers of Jesus, then not only do we have to love our enemies, but we've got to pray for them and uh, have a heart of compassion for them. Week number three, we looked at Matthew five fourteen to 16, where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Down in verse 16, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We talked about the importance, if you'll remember, of letting your light shine versus shining your light and uh, being a brightness into the darkness of this world. Week number four, we looked at Matthew chapter 23 verse 12, where Jesus says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And we talked about humble pie and the importance of humbling ourselves and looking to exalt and serve others rather than ourselves. Um, And then week number Five, we looked at Matthew 7, 1 through 5, where Jesus says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And we talked about how we all are guilty of judging people and making snap decisions without knowing their background. But Jesus tells us not to do that, and that was difficult. Uh, And then last week, we looked at Matthew 10, 28, where Jesus says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. And we talked about having a healthy fear for God and and no fear of man. And so that was kind of a difficult one. And and really, all six weeks uh, were really instructions from Jesus to us, were really statements that he made for us that if we want to follow him, we have to kind of get on board with, that Sometimes they felt really unnatural, and it was something that didn't come easy, but it was words that Jesus spoke that made us kind of wrestle with the topic that he was dealing with and, and make a decision in our heart. Are we going to believe what he said? Are we going to follow what he said? Um, and so while most of those statements felt unnatural on some level, today's statement that we're going to look at, uh, for a lot of us, may seem unnecessary. It may not necessarily feel unnatural because we may not feel like we need it. It may not feel uh, important to us because we feel like we have a grip and a grasp on a lot of things in our life and, and for some of us who, who are fixers, who enjoy seeing the bottom line in the problem and fixing it and just taking care of things ourselves and kind of coming up with our own remedies and and instead of dwelling on the issue at hand, we just kind of resolve it and and our heart goes to that. Uh, The statement that Jesus makes that we're going to look at today may seem unnecessary, uh, but hopefully by the end of our time together today, you'll understand the importance of what Jesus says and what it means for our lives. So go with me if you have a Bible to Matthew chapter number 11. Matthew chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible, not a big deal. We'll have the words to the scripture on the screen for you. And we're going to start reading in verse number 28. Again, these are Jesus' words. They're not my words. Uh, I'm just a messenger. Jesus says, "'Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls.'" For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come to me. Not necessarily a statement as much as an invitation. Not much a word of instruction, though it is, as much as it is a prodding, a a saying, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Uh, I almost, at times, find a lot of the sermons I preach humorous in the fact that, uh, unbeknownst to me, when I plan... Uh, the messages that are going to come, usually the week of, I experience something that kind of makes it real for my life. Um, I always make it a goal to kind of own what I preach before I I get up in front of others. But uh, this week has been a hard week for for me, for my family, adjusting to a new schedule. Um, Our dog that was almost six years old that uh, has been part of our family. Uh, passed away, we had to have put down. And it's just been, a you know, a, kind of a crazy week. And I know for some people that's kind of trivial. For those of you who have lost pets that were part of your family, you know how difficult that can be. Uh, but it's just been, it's been kind of a a heavy week. And, and part of me just says, you know, I'm just tired. I've, I've kind of dealt with a lot this week. And there's been some issues and some adjustments that have happened. And, and uh, uh, in a physical sense, I just want to sleep. But even deeper than that, in an emotional sense, it's almost like I just, I just want to break and this kind of be over and just move on and kind of get past this. And some of you, you experience that, right? You've been through seasons or maybe you've had bad days or bad weeks, even recently where you've dealt with something difficult, where your heart was heavy, where you felt uh, some anxiety, maybe some stress, maybe some worry, some things that just really weighed you down. Uh, and for some of you, in the midst of that, you feel like, well, I'll can just i take care of myself and I can handle this. And some of you, uh, you probably react differently and you're just like, I need some help from anybody. Like, I feel like nobody cares what I'm going through and I'm just in this alone. Uh, but these words that Jesus say to us, uh, while they may seem unnecessary or completely necessary, because it's an invitation that Jesus gives us as followers of him, and really anyone who will, to allow him to do some things in our lives that we can't do for ourselves. We can't do for ourselves. You know, we, um, we teach from an early age the importance of independence, the importance of being able to stand for yourself, to, uh, to take care of yourself. Uh, I've been guilty myself of making some bl- blanket statements in front of young people, in front of students, in front of teenagers. Uh, statements like, You know, you need to dream huge dreams and dream big dreams, and anything you set your mind to do, you can do. You can do anything you want to do in this world. Has anybody ever told you that? People have told me that. I've embraced that, I've told that to other people. Especially when we hear a moving story of some unlikely person doing some unlikely thing and it's just a beautiful, beautiful story of how anybody can do anything they set their mind to. Uh, But can we just be honest? Can we just be honest? You've you've seen American Idol. It doesn't matter how much your mama tells you, some people can sing, like you just, you're not going to be like the rock star that you may want to be. And so while some people may say you can do anything that you set your mind to, the truth is... Like, you you may not be able to. You may not be able to. Like, I wanted to play professional basketball, and and sure, maybe we can throw it on my shoulders that I didn't try hard enough, and and I didn't take advantage of some breaks that I'd gotten. But, But the truth is, is people that play basketball in the NBA are a lot better than I am, or else I would be doing that. And we kind of instill in young people, and even in adults, we kind of live this out, that if we just set our minds to things, then, then we can do anything that we want to do, and we can be successful, and we can make things happen for us, and we don't really need anybody to do it. In fact, uh, two weeks ago, I met with uh, an older gentleman that I haven't been in contact with uh, for several years, probably three or four years, and we ran into each other at Home Depot, and, and he said, you know, we need to get together, and a couple of weeks later, he contacted me, and we went and had coffee, and and we were just catching up on life, and uh, I would say he's on the back side of his life. He's probably not going to live past 100, and so he's past 50, so I'd say he's on the back side of his life, and on the front side of his life, he had a lot of successes. Uh, He experienced a lot of good things, uh, a lot of highs, uh, but a lot of those highs uh, were followed by a lot of lows because... The highs were dependent on other people. Let me explain what I'm talking about. We were, we were talking about some business opportunities that he was pursuing, uh, and, and he was looking for an opportunity to invest in something, to, uh, to create a, a business for himself that would allow him to be successful later into life, that would not be dependent on anyone else's decisions for him to be successful, See, when he was younger, he was part of an organization that grew rapidly. He excelled. He he went almost to the top of the organization, and then the organization was sold overseas. And and he lost his job with uh, thousands of other people in that organization. And so he had to kind of pick himself up and start over, and he was part of another organization. And he worked his his way up, and he became really successful in that organization as well. And then uh, the same thing, unfortunately, happened. And so he's at a place in his life where he says, I've experienced success that was dependent on other people helping me and making decisions that affected me, but, but I want to be in business for myself and take advantage of some opportunities that no matter what happens with the economy or other people's decisions, like I know that I'm going to be in control of my outcomes. And he was just sharing with me some of his strategies. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, this is, this is a pretty smart man, first of all, but uh, I was thinking about how that's our goal in life for a lot of us is that we don't need to depend on anyone for our own successes. That we can get to a place where we kind of control our destiny and we kind of can get a grip and a grasp on everything that's going on in our world so that we can experience the best that we can ex- possibly experience. And the unfortunate thing though is, is that sometimes life happens and, and there are always going to be some things that are out of your control. And when that happens and when, when tragedy strikes your life, when, when small, seemingly insignificant things like a pet passing away happens in your life, how do you deal with that? Do you just numb away the pain with different habits or substances or uh, remedies or, or do you just ignore things altogether or do you tackle things head on and just resolve them? And it can be difficult. It can be difficult when we go through difficult seasons. Most of us have lost family members. Uh, A lot of us in this room, we've we've lost jobs. Uh, We've had people hurt us. We've, We've experienced things that are out of our control that cause us to be heavy hearted, that cause burdens on us. And Jesus speaks to us in the midst of that. So, if nothing else today, this can be a sermon for me. Uh, potentially, there's a few Georgia fans out there that maybe you're weary this morning from last night, and maybe this can be for you too. And the rest of you, maybe you can just follow it away for later if you don't feel like you're in that kind of boat at this moment. But let's look at these words that, that Jesus shared with us Come to me. It's an invitation, it's an instruction, but it's more of an invitation. Uh, it's more of a request for us to, uh, to be part of what he has to offer, to allow him to do something in our lives, uh, to kind of admit that we need him, uh, to stop being so independent and isolated and, and focused on everything ourselves that we allow him to do what he's about to do. And so who is he speaking to when he says, come to me? Well, he's speaking to all you who are weary and burdened. All you who are weary and burdened, come to me. Those with seemingly insignificant burdens, those with huge, massive mountains of heaviness and heartache and weariness, he invites you to come. In light of the context of this, he's speaking specifically even to those who don't follow Jesus, those who are. Entangled in some sinful areas, those who may be wise and prudent, who may understand a lot of religious talk and religious beliefs, uh, but haven't fully even embraced the reality of what it means to follow Christ. He says, "All of you who are weary, all of you who are burdened, come to me." And he says, "I will give you rest." Notice this word, "give," a gift. He doesn't say, "Come to me, and I'm going to give you." A list of things that you can do. And once you complete those things and I understand how serious you are about receiving the rest that you're seeking, then I will give you rest. He doesn't say that. And he doesn't say, come to me and, and maybe fill out an application and let me look at some of your history and some of your past and the decisions that you've made. And let me kind of examine if you're worthy of receiving the rest. There's There's no there's no prerequisites to the rest that he says that that he wants to give it's a gift he says i'll give you rest like if you need rest if you're tired if you're weary if you're burdened he says come to me and i will i will give you rest it's a gift i love that that he doesn't say if you do this then i'll give you rest he just says come to me come to me those who have who have made bad decisions you know Uh, weariness, burdens, they come in two fashions. Number one, life just kind of drops them in in your lap. And you didn't really do anything to deserve the burden. You didn't really do anything to earn the bad fortune or the weariness or the fatigue or the stress or the worry or whatever it looks like. Things outside of your control could have caused it. But let's be honest, there's an old saying that says, there's no rest for the weary. Part of the underlying meaning context of that statement is uh, some of us have made some decisions that cause weariness and we just have to lie in the beds that we've made that until we kind of get past some of the things that are causing the weariness, we're always going to be weary. And uh, Jesus doesn't say, you know, why are you weary? He doesn't say, why are you burdened? He doesn't try to get to the heart of What's causing this in your life? Did did you bring this upon yourself or did you just inherit this? And it's almost as if he doesn't care. What, what he cares about is that you're weary, that you're burdened, and that you need rest. And he just says, come, come to me and I will give you rest. And I love that promise this week as I've just kind of been reading over this. it's It's been hopeful for me just to say, you know, this season, this, this week that I've had this hard time, I don't have to go through it alone. I don't have to carry the weight of it on my shoulders alone. I don't have to endure it by myself. But I can come to Jesus and he'll give me rest and I can know that he cares for me, that he wants me to experience relief from, from the stress, that he wants me to experience a refreshing. He wants me to experience a break in the heaviness and the burden. That's what he wants for me. And so the first thing that he says is, is I will give you rest. But then he follows it up with some responsibility for us. And this is the great thing about Jesus is, is he doesn't require anything necessarily for you to experience his grace and what he has to offer. But once you experience his grace and what he has to offer, it's like he says, here's what you can do now. that's going to get you to a different place. And, and so I want to just focus the last few minutes on, on kind of what he says next. Starting in verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Try and gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice he, he just said that we could come to him and he would give us rest. But now he's saying, in addition to that, that we can find rest for our souls. So we come and he gives us rest, but then there's still a responsibility that we have to find rest in the midst of situations and circumstances. Uh, so let's talk about this. Some, some of you see this, take my yoke, and you're like, what do eggs have to do with Jesus' instructions here? I don't understand. Why is he talking about yellow parts of eggs? Um, and that would be a yolk with an L, uh, not a Y-O-K-E. So I just want to set that clear so that some of you aren't like spazzing out trying to figure out why Jesus is talking about eggs. Um, a yolk was actually uh, and still is in fact uh, most commonly used on oxen, and they would take uh, a device and put it around the neck over the shoulders of an ox, and then they would have uh, something that would put around the neck, um, and it would join two oxen together. Okay, so instead of one ox pulling a plow or whatever, they would yoke they would yoke two ox oxen together, and they would pull together. And typically what they would do is they would take a mature ox. They would take an ox that understood his responsibility and his duties and they would pair that ox with a young ox that would have a tendency to to be unfocused and want to steer away from what the responsibilities would be. And initially for that young ox, this yoke would be extremely burdening it would be a, a heavy yoke and and as they would try to pull away the mature ox would keep them going straight and make sure they stayed focused on their responsibility and their task and so this yoke would bind them together would cause them to be joined together in such a way that it would be restrictive and it would feel like a burden and and, and this young ox would be forced to do something that potentially he didn't want to do So what was the difference between the old ox and the young ox? It's that the old ox had learned to stop fighting against the yoke that it was spared with with the other ox. But the young ox hadn't learned that yet, and so it would be a burden. And as that young ox would would grow and mature after weeks and months, it would begin to understand that if I just do what I'm supposed to do, if I just stay focused on where I'm going, uh, then it's not quite such a burden and Jesus is telling us, now that I give you rest, to take my yoke upon you. He's saying voluntarily, I want you to take a yoke. I want you to partner yourself with me. I want you to be joined with my purposes. And it's almost like the independent side of us says, wait, wait. I thought that we were trying to get free from some things, from some worry, for some things that were causing us down. But now you're telling me to kind of take on a new burden, a new yoke. And partner myself, join myself together, restrict myself. Again, I thought the purpose here was for me to be free and not to have any kind of weight at all. Jesus is saying here that what he has to offer us is so much better than what we could do on our own. You know, when you tell a kid not to play in the road, the kid that wants to play in the road might feel like that's a burden. They may feel like they're not getting to do what they want to do. But in the end, a kid not playing the road is, is the best thing for them. And sometimes Jesus has words that he gives us that he speaks to us that may not feel natural and may not feel easy. But in the end, we begin to understand his heart and why he asks us to do certain things. And so Jesus, after he says, come to me and I'll give you rest, gives us this instruction to take his yoke upon us and learn from him. You know, in this day, uh, particularly the Jewish rabbis, they would have disciples under them that they would lead, that they would teach the ways of their faith. And these young disciples uh, would be essentially given a yoke from this rabbi, this teacher, that would essentially place on them the responsibility and the duties of growing in their faith faith the way the teacher saw fit and so this student would submit themselves essentially sometimes they called it a yoke under the yoke of this rabbi this teacher that would essentially it would be a weight on their shoulders to say these are the things you can do these are the things you can't do this is how you live out your faith and it's done by me giving you rules and regulations and teaching you everything that I've done and and a lot of these rabbis would take pride in the fact that that their yoke was more difficult to endure to bear than some other rabbis because they knew that if their students, if their disciples under them would embrace this yoke, then they could make them more religious than the other people. And so people in this day would have heard Jesus say, take my yoke. And, and they would have immediately thought, you know, he's going to be lording over me with all these rules and regulations and forcing things down my throat. And it's going to make me feel oppressed and burdened down. And I think that that's a That's actually a belief that a lot of people have in in the church world and outside of the church world today that following Jesus is no fun. You've heard that, right? Just a bunch of rules and regulations. You're just telling me things that I'm doing wrong and everything that I can do isn't fun and it's not pleasurable. There's, There's nothing fun in it. But Jesus here isn't saying, I want to burden you down with a bunch of restrictions and rules. He's saying, I want you to learn from me what it means to live a life full of rest, free from worry, free from stress, free from the heaviness that life brings with it, free from the burdens that you're carrying. And if you take my yoke upon you and you learn from me, then you can experience a rest in any situation. And then he he goes on to explain, he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart, Like, I'm not looking to make your life miserable. I'm not looking to to force you into submission to something that you don't want to be submitted to, like like a young ox that wouldn't want to plow a field. He's saying, I'm not looking to oppress your life in such a way that would cause you to be miserable. But he's saying, I'm gentle. I'm humble in heart. I care for you. I want what's best for you. I'm not looking to make your life miserable miserable. And he says, if you take my yoke upon you, he says, and you will find rest for your souls. Here's the truth. When we come to Jesus, he gives us rest. But it's important for us as we walk through life, hopefully yoked to Jesus, that in the situations we're in, we can still find that rest. That though he gives us rest and rest is available, it's possible for us not to live in that rest. It's possible for us to get so burdened down with worries and stresses and paying the bills and the schedules that we lead that are so busy that we forget that there's rest available to us. And Jesus says if we learn from him, he's, he's gentle, he's humble in heart, then we can find rest for our souls. When you have to put a dog down, when you get laid off of a job, when a relationship goes bad, when, when kids make decisions that aren't best for them and affect you, when tragedy strikes your life, you can find rest if you're yoked to Jesus because he's already given it to you. Sometimes you just aren't searching for it and you don't see it because of the situations that are going on around you. And then he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is like, love this. He's not looking to make your life miserable. He's not looking to force you into submission on anything. He's inviting you to live a lifestyle that's full of rest. He's inviting you to experience freedom from the things that weigh you down. I don't know about you, but that sounds attractive to me, it sounds appealing for me to be able to walk through my life, and no matter what circumstances go on around me, I can always know that, that I'm joined together with someone who's gentle, with someone who's humble in heart, whose yoke is easy, whose burden is light. And it's almost like I can exchange the burdens that I have in this world for, for the easy burden that, that Christ offers me, that I can exchange the, the heaviness, the, the yoke, that the world would lead me into for a yoke that's easy that causes me to experience freedom from the things outside of following Jesus. And so many of you have experienced uneasiness, you've experienced pain you're at the end of yourself and you just find yourself saying if I just had more time in the day if I just had a break just, just for 30 minutes, and if I didn't have to worry about these finances just for, just like give me two days, and then I'll come back, I'll get my strength back, and I can handle it then, but you're just at your wit's end, and everything that could go wrong in your life will go wrong at some point. You're going to experience tragedy, and you're going to experience pain, you're going to experience hardship. The beautiful thing about following Jesus is that he cares about all of those things. And he's gentle, and he's humble in heart. And he's not looking to, like, oppress you and make your life miserable. You know, Jesus designed us to bring glory to him. That's a true statement. That's why you're here on this earth is because Jesus, God, wanted there to be a sense of fellowship between heaven and earth. And so he put his here on this earth so that we could have that fellowship with him. And, and really everything in life is about Jesus, The beautiful thing about Jesus though is is he's not like in your face saying like it's all about me and I don't care about what you want in life and I don't care. He's not abusive at all. Maybe you've experienced an abusive relationship or you have an abusive past and you know what it's like for someone to cram something down your throat and make you do something because it benefits them. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying, I want you to be joined to me so that you can do everything I want you to do because I don't care about you. He's saying, I want you to be joined to me because I do care about you. And the closer you are to me, the more I can protect you and the more I can be there for you and the more you can experience and learn from me what I have to offer you. First John chapter five, verse three, one of, John's, one of Jesus' closest disciples named John, he, he wrote this letter and he says, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. This isn't just some person on the outside looking in saying Jesus commands aren't burdensome. This is this is a man who followed Jesus for over 3 years. Who was kind of on his inner circle, who knew him potentially the best of anyone here on this earth. This was a man who would have heard all of his teachings and followed him everywhere that he went. And who from first-hand experience can say, listen, you need to follow his commands because the man knows what he's talking about. And you may not understand some things, but I'm just telling you he's worth following because it's not burdensome. He's he's not looking to oppress you, and he's not looking to make your life miserable, but you you should follow his commands. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Some of you this morning just need to kind of exchange some burdens of this world for a burden of Christ, a heavy burden for a light burden. You need, you need to kind of lay down some weightiness and receive some rest, something that's given from God for your life. And some of us, we need to understand that we have been given that rest, and we need to, to look for, to search for, to find rest in the situations that we're in, and to remind ourselves wait, there's rest for me. There's rest in Christ for me. There's, there's relief from this life that I lead. And when we can get to that place where the, the large, major distractions in our life and the seemingly small, insignificant things in our life don't affect who we are and what we do and how we react in situations, but we're so joined together with Jesus that those things, they can come and go and they're not going to distract us and cause us to leave where Jesus is leading us to. And so I'm going to leave you with this, with this last thought. Um, you, can, you can write it down, make a note. You can, uh, you can tweet it. You can post an update on Facebook. You can uh, share it with someone who you feel like needs it. A lot of us are guilty of always saying, I wish so-and-so would hear this, and this is your chance. Maybe you can just, just give them an, an easy statement that they can reference this verse. But, but here's the statement. I can find rest because I've been given rest. I can find rest because I've been given rest. Some of you need to be reminded of that. You've been given rest. If you haven't been given rest because you haven't come to Jesus, then you can come to Jesus and you can receive rest and then you'll be able to find that rest that you long for, that you seek. Reference Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Hashtag rest for the weary. People who have burdens, people who feel weighted down, there's rest. There's rest available. You don't have to endure that on your own. You don't have to live life with the burden of that on your shoulders. Hashtag take the yoke. It's worth it. It's a voluntary decision to say, I'm going to join with Christ. I'm going to follow his ways. I'm going to listen to his words. I'm going to learn from him. The things that he speaks to my life are going to matter. I'm going to put them into practice. I'm going to apply them. I'm going to voluntarily join myself together to keep me going where I need to go so that I can be close to the rest that I need. Hashtag better burden. The burdens that we carry around aren't great, but there's a better burden. It's a burden that's light. It's not heavy. It's a burden that gives us some responsibility and reminds us who we serve and who can give us the rest that we need. Hashtag, that's what he said. I'm not trying to give you like helpful advice here. I'm not trying to tell you some kind of self-help way to mentally get through a situation and de-stress your life. I'm telling you that there's a God in heaven that loves you, cares for you, and understands what you're going through. And wants to see you rest, wants to see you stop being so fatigued and worried and stressed out that you can't even function and enjoy life. That you live a life that's empty and void of joy. There's no happiness, that there are certain areas of your life that are painful and you carry that burden by yourself. And Jesus is saying, Come to me, I will give you rest. It's available. It's there for you. And for those of you who may be here and potentially, you don't call yourself a follower of Christ and and you've never made a decision to accept what he has to offer you. I'm going to give you this this verse. I'm going to leave you with this verse. It's found in Jeremiah chapter number 6, verse number 16. It's the prophet Jeremiah and he says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Today, for some of you, you're at a crossroads. Maybe you feel burdened and maybe you have pains of this life and maybe you've tried to carry them all yourself and, and now you're at a crossroads and you've heard that, that Jesus can give you rest. You've got a choice that you can make. You can choose the path and take the yoke and find a better burden or you can choose not to walk in that path and endure it on your own. The choice seems simple to me but in your heart of hearts I just want to give you an opportunity today to take the yoke choose the better burden to find rest because he'll give you rest. If there's relief for your soul for your inner being, for your the very spirit, that you don't have to endure life alone or by yourself. And if that's you and you decide today, I want to walk that path and I want to follow Jesus and I want to allow him to bring me rest so that I can find rest in every situation of my life. I'm going to end this with our time together with a prayer. I just want to invite you just to in your heart, to yourself, repeat these words. And invite Jesus to give you rest. Let's bow our heads and pray together. If that's you, just repeat after me in your heart. Jesus, I want rest. I'm tired of living life on my own. I'm tired of the burdens, the weariness, the heaviness, the hectic, chaotic situation that I'm in. And I invite you, I I accept your invitation receive rest. And so I come to you. I ask you to give me rest. I take the yoke. I want to learn from you. I commit my life to you, and I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.